in the Elk Island area. Thank you so much to Ukrainian Village for welcoming us here, and I'm delighted to be joined by uh, the local MLA, uh, Minister Jackie Armstrong Homanyuk, who also happens to be uh, chairman of Alberta's Ukrainian Advisory Committee and has been doing great work there for three years, Minister uh, Matt Jones of Children's Services and uh, Arisia Boychuk of the uh, Ukrainian-Canadian Council Alberta chapter for uh, another announcement about support for uh, Ukrainian refugees who have come to Alberta. As we know, this terrible conflict in Ukraine has, is now in its fourth month uh, of uh, Vladimir Putin's brutal and illegal inhumane invasion of the homeland of hundreds of thousands of Albertans. And there is a special uh, deep connection between Alberta uh, and Ukraine. And that is why we are proud to have opened our doors of refuge uh, to Ukrainians fleeing the violence of that conflict. Of course, men between the ages of uh, 18 and, and 65, I believe, are required to, to stay at home to help defend their nation. Uh, but many women and children have uh, lost their homes lost their families and are seeking at least temporary shelter. And of course, uh, uh, we understand that uh, thousands have already arrived in Alberta. We uh, expect many more to come over the months to come, as this appears to be a protracted conflict. Uh, I am inspired by the courage and determination of the Ukrainian people who refuse to give up. As I've mentioned before, as Canada's Minister of National Defense, I deployed the Canadian Armed Forces to Ukraine in Operation Unifier uh, in 2015 to help them better defend their nation, to improve their, at the effectiveness, uh, uh, the operational and tactical effectiveness of the Ukrainian Armed Forces. And I want to salute the Canadian soldiers who over the past seven years uh, have dramatically improved Ukrainian military uh, effectiveness. So we can sadly expect this to be a protracted conflict, and that means there will be uh, many refugees seeking at least temporary shelter uh, here in Canada. I always say that I hope that uh, most of those individuals feel that they can go home when uh, sovereignty and peace are restored. Uh, of course, some will choose to stay in Canada, but we don't want to help Vladimir Putin depopulate Ukraine, particularly of so many of its bright young people who represent a future for the country's post-war reconstruction. But Alberta has been uh, forward-leaning, providing more support than any other uh, province in Canada. We have provided uh, $2.2 million for settlement and language services delivered across the province, a million dollars to the Ukraine Humanitarian Appeal of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress and the, UC found, the Ukrainian-Canadian Foundation. We provided $5 million of support to the Ukrainian World Congress to equip 5,000 members of the Ukrainian Territorial Defense Force with defensive uh, equipment. And we also provided $5 million to the uh, Canada-Ukraine Foundation for additional humanitarian aid on top of $350,000 to the UCC Alberta chapter to assist them with their settlement efforts and uh, uh, providing uh, equipment for people uh, in Ukraine. So today I'm here with these ministers to make an announcement of further support. Starting July 25th, Ukrainian evacuees arriving in Alberta will be eligible for new forms of aid. These additional measures include temporary financial assistance for up to six months to cover basic living expenses like food, clothing, and rent. 
In fact, this support reflects what Albertans would receive in similar circumstances. And if the evacuees have children under the uh, 12 years of age or younger, they will be able to apply for six months of funding for childcare costs through the childcare subsidy program. With so many, so many men staying in Ukraine to help defend the nation, uh, we expect many arrivals will be single parent families as we've experienced so far. So this expanded support will be key for people whose lives have been thrown into chaos by the invasion. We can't take away their fears for those who have been left behind, but, but uh, we can at least dispel the uncertainties that come with trying to start over and make ends meet in a new country. Thanks uh, to this extra support, parents and kids will have time to catch their breath as they begin adjusting to their new lives in Alberta. Minister Armstrong Hamanyuk will have more to say about the details of the program as will Minister Jones. Uh, as I say, uh, sadly, it appears that we, Ukraine is in this for the long run. The war with Russia shows every sign of becoming a protracted uh, conflict. And so we want the people of Ukraine uh, who have come here to know that we are here for them. Uh, we are pro providing a more complete and generous package of, of support than any Canadian province. And we will continue to do what's necessary to ensure that their time of refuge in Canada is one of uh, security uh, and uh, stability for them and their families. And with that, I will invite Minister Armstrong Hemenyuk to add some comments. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm honored to be here with Premier Kenny, Minister Jones, and Arisia Wojciech, and so many of my constituents and supporters who have joined us today for this important announcement. It is great to be here at the Ukrainian Village to showcase the important history and deep roots of the Ukrainian community here in Alberta. I'm standing in front of the Pillipo House, of which my ancestors had built when they, uh, when they originally came to Canada. My baba, Annie Pillipo Hooley, was one of the first donors of a bench and other household goods to the museum. 130 years ago, Ukrainians first began settling in our province, leaving Ukraine to build new lives for their families. And throughout the years, Ukrainian settlers and their descendants built thriving communities and have become valuable members and leaders in our province. Today, the world is watching in horror as an unjust and devastating war continues to unfold in Ukraine. And once again, millions of Ukrainians have been forced to leave their homes and are coming to Alberta to start a new life. That's why I'm extremely proud to announce a new program starting July 25th, which will provide up to six months of support to help eligible Ukrainians arriving in Alberta with their basic needs. Alberta's government is committed to supporting Ukrainians coming to Alberta. In fact, if any Ukrainians need urgent help now, there are emergency supports you can access. For more information, call Alberta Supports at 1-877-644-9992, or you can visit the local Alberta Supports office, or you can go online to alberta.ca slash Ukraine. This help is available to you in Ukrainian and more than 100 other languages. We will continue working with settlement agencies to ensure Ukrainian newcomers can access health care, enroll their children in school, find childcare, get an ID or driver's license, and access the help they need right now. As the situation evolves, Alberta will continue to work closely with the federal government, the Ukrainian community, 
and settlement-serving organizations to make sure Ukrainians feel safe and supported as they arrive in our province. I want to thank all of the community partners and newcomer organizations for their commitment to help Ukrainians arriving in Alberta. The world has been inspired by the courage and determination of Ukrainians fighting for their freedom. We will help you build a home in our province as long as you are here, and we will stand with you throughout this conflict. Thank you. I'd like to now call up my colleague, Minister um, Matt Jones. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with Premier Kenny, Minister Armstrong Hominick, and Arisia Boychuk to share more good news on a arriving in Alberta. For thousands of Ukrainian nationals forced to flee their homes and homeland, Alberta is a safe haven. It's been great to see Albertans come together to welcome and help those escaping violence and destruction to build new lives. Alberta's government is also committed to ensuring critical supports and services are available and accessible when needed. One of those critical supports is safe, accessible, and high-quality childcare for parents with young children. That is why today I'm pleased to announce that we're expanding our childcare subsidy so Ukrainian nationals fleeing war can access affordable, high-quality licensed childcare for their children. The subsidy will apply to all eligible childcare pro programs, including daycare, preschool, out-of-school care, or day home provided through a licensed day home agency. The application for subsidy can be accessed and submitted online through the Supports for Ukrainians page on alberta.ca. To apply for the subsidy, parents will obtain a specially issued Alberta health care card, and parents' proof of income will not be required. To further help address families' child care needs, Children's Services will work with operators and community organizations to identify and support access to other appropriate programs. In addition, family resource networks across the province provide a range of supports for, for vulnerable families, and Ukrainian families arriving in Canada will be able to access, access those services and supports free of charge. I would also encourage individuals and families to call the Alberta Supports Contact Centre toll-free at 1-877-644-9992 if they have questions about what services and supports are available and how to access them. In closing, I would like to assure all of the Ukrainian families arriving here that we are here for you during this difficult time, and we are committed to ensuring your children are safe, protected, and learning. I would now like to invite Arisia Boychuk, President of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress, Alberta Provincial Council, to say a few words. Thank you. Thank you, and good morning to everybody. Premier Jason Kenney, Minister Jackie Armstrong-Komenyuk, and Minister Matt Jones. On behalf of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress, Alberta Provincial Council, I'd like to thank the Alberta government for the financial income support and childcare subsidy that has been announced this morning. This is definitely an additional support that was not available to Ukrainian newcomers prior to today and we are confident this will definitely help support and contribute to the Ukrainian nationals' successful integration in Canadian society. We also thank the Alberta government for its unwavering support for the past four months as the Russia continues to wage war on Ukraine. Thousands of newcomers have arrived in Alberta 
and they are actively working through the process of settling in and accessing the many services the government has offered, such as education services from kindergarten to grade 12, Alberta healthcare, daycare subsidy, emergency assistance, English as a second language classes, and the list goes on. These are all critical and key components in assisting our newcomers, and we thank you for your support. With these supports, we are able to help contribute to a safe haven for Ukrainians seeking refuge in Alberta. I'd also like to take this opportunity to recognize and thank Alberta's government for the $11 million in humanitarian aid and defense weapons for Ukraine. The government of Alberta's unwavering support for Ukraine and Ukrainians arriving in Alberta is deeply, deeply appreciated. Every Albertan must be so proud that Alberta continues to stand with the people of Ukraine in this battle of justice, truth, and liberty. Thank you. Yakuyu, Slava Ukraini, Heroim Slava. our speaking portion for the day. We're going to move to the media Q&A. There's a media mic right there, so if you're here in person, please just line up behind it. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, I want to talk about the rollout of this. Have we learned lessons over the last few months to ensure that the smooth rollout of these programs? Have there been any hiccups? And, and what is what kind of staffing in place? We're seeing lineups in other areas of government. Or are we going to see a smooth rollout of this? Well, I think so, because these are programs that already exist, so it's just expanding eligibility criteria. Uh, and uh, I, I should report that as of June 8th, we recorded that 3,833 Ukrainian nationals had arrived in Alberta. I think we can expect a few thousand more. So we're not talking about tens of thousands of people uh, that will jam up uh, the system. Uh, but these are programs that are already in place, and um, if there are people who would uh, like to apply, uh, for the income support, they should call 1-877-644-9992. Uh, and if they're interested in support for the, the child care program, they should call 1-844-644-5165. I've had no reports of administrative, uh, too many administrative hassles. Of course, it's all, now the challenge of, would be probably linguistic uh, for many, many of these folks arriving here uh, speak little or no English. And... Um, so we have worked with community organizations, including immigrant settlement groups, to make sure that they have uh, folks on staff who speak Ukrainian who can uh, help as translators in accessing programs like this. So that might be one gap that's sometimes not seamless, but um, I know that the, the community groups are doing their best to help folks who don't speak English. Go ahead and get you on a, on a different topic, uh, inflation, affordability. You mentioned this week and a potential of further supports coming. What sort of supports can the government provide that, that haven't already? Well, Alberta has been more generous in helping people address the uh, huge problem with inflation and the cost of living through the uh, abatement of the provincial fuel tax. That's a, on an annual basis of $1.4 billion savings. Uh, the forthcoming electricity rebates that will be on people's bills in July this month and the forthcoming natural gas uh, rebate as well. So we have been looking at uh, what additional support we can provide, and we'll be making an announcement about that uh, later this week. Uh, but certainly the, one of the biggest cost drivers is certainly uh, fuel and energy costs. We recognize that, and that's what we're looking at. Uh, we do acknowledge that Alberta's uh, budget 
improves as energy prices go up. And so I think there is a, a strong argument that uh, Alberta's government should reflect that by helping people with the cost of energy. So that's the area that we're looking at. You know, we can't directly control the cost of, of food and, and, and housing and things like that, but we can, we do have more policy levers over the cost of energy. Um, I would just reiterate our call on the federal government to stop hammering people with the carbon tax. I mean, um, here we have stepped forward, given people a break on the fuel tax and electricity and natural gas, and the feds actually increased the cost of the carbon tax by 25%. So I think Ottawa has shown that it's completely out of touch. And unfortunately, there are some politicians who actually want to drive people into energy poverty so they consume less energy. Uh, that's like trying to drive fixed uh, problem of, of people being overweight by making food unaffordable. I think it's ridiculous. Energy is a necessary staple of life and uh, we shouldn't be making it unaffordable for people to drive to work, to heat their homes, uh, and to live normal lives. Do we have another question in person? Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to ask if um, you were referring to the increased cost with inflation, if there's going to be any relief to municipalities who are also feeling the pinch of trying to provide their services for residents. Well, inflation hits every organization, including the governments at all levels, uh, but that's up to those governments. And so the answer is no, no, we have no plans in that respect. I would point out, however, that, that um, municipalities that buy fuel are benefiting from our fuel tax abatement. We just extended it, for example, for uh, school buses. And that's going to save millions, perhaps tens of millions of dollars for parents who, who would otherwise have to pay higher um, busing fees for their kids. So uh, that support passes on to, um, to school boards, for example, uh, but, uh, but as a general statement, um, this is a challenge for every level of government in every part of the world. And, um, and so uh, now we are in discussions with some municipalities about how to address construction inflation on infrastructure projects in particular, um, and um, those discussions are ongoing. Okay. My only other question is in regards to FCSS, um, will there be additional funding for them to help on the local level with the various uh, programs and services that they will um, need? We, that's uh, not something that has been brought forward uh, at this point. Um, we, we have provided uh, support to uh, if you're talking about the Ukrainian refugees, uh, both the government of Canada and the government of Alberta is providing support to immigrant settlement organizations, some of which also receive FCSS funding. Thank you. Is there any, are there any other questions in person? Go ahead. Hi. Um, I just had a question. I'm just looking for more details about the uh, child care subsidy for newcomers. Um, I was just wondering um, how much of a subsidy can uh, newcomers expect and uh, will it be kind of similar to the uh, federal $10 a day deal? Uh, thank you for the question. Um, the, the subsidy and affordability grant amounts um, vary based on uh, the number, the age of the child, length of the stay, all of these things, but it should average out to around uh, 600 a month. And yes, it does mirror uh, the federal uh, early Learning and Child Care Agreement with Alberta. That's all I had. Thank you. Thank you. With no other questions in person, we'll go to the phones. Operator, can you please put through our first caller? Lisa Johnson, Edmonton Journal. 
Hi, thanks for taking my questions. I'm not sure if this is for Minister, I, I think this is for Minister Jones and, and Minister Armstrong Hominick, but uh, just in terms of the specific details of these supports with the childcare subsidy and for this financial aid for up to six months, how much exactly are you, uh, how much exactly is involved with the financial aid for up to six months? And out of which programs is this money coming exactly? It's coming out of existing programs, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'll start with income support and uh, pass on to Minister Jones' comments about the uh, child care support. Uh, in income support comes out of Alberta's income support program, which is typically known as welfare. And a single adult would receive a minimum of $745 a month in core benefits. A single adult with one child, it would be nearly $1,200 a month. Uh, two children, $1,300, three children, $1,400, and so forth. Um, a couple with no children would, re would receive $1,116. Uh, in terms of the total overall cost, uh, we estimate uh, be between a cost to Alberta's uh, government of between $15.1 million and $37.8 million. And that's based on a range of the low end, 13,000 newcomers uh, qualifying, and 33,000 newcomers at the high end. So we're talking about a, about a very substantial um, financial commitment here. Potentially, we estimate up to uh, $38 million. And uh, Matt, on the child care. Uh, thank you again for the question. Again, the, the cost per child will uh, fluctuate based on the hours of care and the age of the child. Uh, but the cost to Alberta to provide access to the affordable child care through our combination of subsidy and affordability grants will average 614 a month. And this is, of course, funded in partnership with the federal government through the Alberta-Canada Early Learning and Child Care Agreement. Um, to access these supports, um, uh, parents must uh, obtain an a temporary Alberta health care card with an expiry date. And the children must be under 12, year 12 years of age and not yet uh, attending grade 7. Thank you. Do you have a follow-up, Lisa? Yeah, I wanted to ask if uh, back in April you announced $2.2 million uh, going towards uh, various initiatives to help displaced Ukrainians arriving in the province. I'm wondering if you have any measurable impact um, from that money, if you can talk about where it went and what exactly it did. And, and I'm also wondering in terms of what you're announcing today, are these programs being expanded exclusively to newcomers from Ukraine or newcomers from anywhere around the world? The answer on the second question is this is for Ukrainian nationals uh, alone, recognizing the unique circumstances um, and the particularly strong ties between Canada and Ukraine. On the first question, um, the reports we've had are, are positive. Look, I, I, there have been some frustrations for sure for some of the Ukrainians arriving, um, falling between gaps, not able to get people on the phone who speak Ukrainian uh, and things like that, as, as you would expect in a program of this nature. But I want to commend the community for reaching out, putting its arms around the community and helping people uh, walk through availability for all the different programs, getting their kids placed into school, getting transit passes. We work with the municipalities to make sure that these people would be eligible for transit passes. Um, and uh, finding housing and all of that. So um, there is no simple, seamless way uh, to make uh, something like this happen. This is uh, it's going to depend a lot on informal networks. Um, typically, 
again, of people in the Ukrainian community and the more recent immigrants from Ukraine who understand the Canadian system and can connect people into it. But we are, we're doing, I think, everything we reasonably can at this point um, as a government, and we're proud to step forward with a very substantial expansion of support. As I say, we estimate between 50, uh, 15 and $38 million of uh, monetary value. Thank you. Operator, can you please put through our next caller? There are no other questions in the queue at this time. Thank you. That concludes our press call.